0: welcome to inner peace with dr reese a program that can help you become liberated in the modern world
1: now here's your host dr
2: kevin w reese
0: so could this pandemic and everything around it be a catalyst to rehabilitate humanity Welcome to episode number 68. Today, I'm talking to holistic health educator, author, and researcher, Ronnie Landis. We're going to talk about everything happening right now and what he calls the theatrical production. We're going to talk about social engineering, the cycles of crisis in the world, the secrets that are being revealed right now, and the new normal that's around the corner. We're also going to talk about empowering the immune system, the science of cold therapy, and neurogenic tremoring. Ronnie, thanks for joining me today.
2: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: So what would you say is the birthright of a human being?
2: Hmm. Okay, great question to, to just pop right off with. Um, I mean, ultimately, it's, it's sovereignty. Sovereignty is the birthright of all human beings, and, and we can elaborate and expand upon its meaning, and there's multiple uh, dimensions and layers to the onion of that particular conversation. But, it, but it's sovereignty. It's, it's, it's having full agency and autonomy of our own, of our own consciousness, of our own physiology, our physicality, our physical body, having agency over our health, what we put in our mouth, what we do when we do it, and who we choose to do it with. That's, that's really our birthright, total creative freedom, creative influence over our reality, you know, in a nutshell.
0: A lot of that is sort of slowly being taken away right now
2: well you know it's interesting um i would say the perception of that is is one fractal of of i don't want to use the word possibility it's it's one it's one particular timeline on the holographic screen of the theatrical production that is currently taking place right now on planet earth and most Mm -hmm. of that's being transmitted through the mainstream media and then alternative media and alternative journalists um broadcasting on the internet and the way that I look at it right now is you just have a lot of different narratives playing out. And some narratives are clashing against each other. Um, they have almost like a bipartisan type of support, depending on which, which, if you lean right or you lean left. And um, if you're more in the center, more neutral, more independent, so to speak, yeah. independent thinker then um, you can kind of gather the different pieces of information the different uh, constellation of data points that you find on the internet that that are that are informing the particular narrative that our own our own sovereign minds are tracking
1: mm. now,
2: that's the thing i find most interesting <clears throat> right now it really is a choose your own adventure story right there's so much not just information but again there's so much narrativizing so many different timeline projections and what i mean by timeline projections is is the particular timeline that we as a collective human race are on and we're we're not all on the same timeline you know we're not in the singularity point we're we're very much in this dual dualistic or contrasting type of experience where each individual is is overlaying their particular their particular experience, they're, they're, I should say it this way, they're overlaying their experience based on their, um, their interpretation of reality. We're really given the opportunity to exercise our own sovereignty. This is the moment in time where it's all coming to a head. All secrets are being revealed. Mm-hmm. Everything that's been held in the, the deep underground tunnels and the mm-hmm. shadows um, of humanity is literally being unearthed right in front of us. And those who have eyes to see have already seen and already seeing. And those who don't, um, well, I can't really speak about those people because I don't really know what's going on with them. Um, You know, I've kind of actually chosen to focus on the living, right? And to focus on those that do have eyes to see and do have ears to hear and have already heard the call. And I think that's what we're seeing right now is there is a mass exodus of people that are that are ejecting themselves out of the, the pre-program cultural, societal, software narrative yep. and are choosing something different. And it's an interesting thing to, to witness um, the, the galvanizing of, of people that might have been leaning in a particular direction, right? Interpret that however you like, but are now waking up mm-hmm. out of that particular illusory program, if you will, the conditioning. Um, that we've all been subject to, without a doubt, and are, um, you know, are going in a different direction. It's just really interesting, this this idea of, like, the silent majority. Mm. Well, the silent majority ain't so silent anymore, and now what used to be fringe and used to be kind of, like, out there um, – uh, whatever you want to say, conspiracy theory or tin foil hat wearing kind of ideas. Now that's actually made its way to the mainstream and has actually become the majority versus the minority. I think the the minority is actually those people that um, that have not have not woken up out of the dream spell, so to speak. Mm. Um, and so that's just really the interesting thing. You know, when you bring up something like that, you know, this idea like our freedoms are being taken away from us. Well my understanding and my tracking of history is that <clears throat> every 40 years, it seems like we go through a particular cycle in our society within the the, the transition of the generations, within the, 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 um, the transition of uh, cycles. It's really cyclical continuity that seems to happen. So you have these breakdowns for breakthroughs, and uh, it kind of keeps going on like that. And so what I notice is where we are right now is not that different than where we were literally 100 years ago to this to this day with the the swine flu,
1: mm.
2: um, and uh, you know that's a whole interesting thing right in there. But just looking at kind of like looking at a li- kind of backing off from like what appears to be real on the surface and mm. the narrative and the, the the theatrical production that's being broadcast to us because this theatrical production has a it has a conclusion point that it's seeking, the, 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 the energy, if you will, of this particular timeline is seeking a conclusion point. And this, this, this timeline that I'm speaking about has been going on for thousands and thousands of years. Yeah. And so I, my, my thing now is like, I'm stoked. I'm relieved. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just like, thank goodness it all came to a head because I think a lot of us could feel for many, many, many years that you know, something's not right. Yeah. Some, and then, you know, I'm sure you definitely like myself and many of our contemporaries, our friends and our peer group, we've been on this for a long time, whether it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's the, the medical malpractice and the allopathic and the pharmaceutical industry, yeah. genetically modified foods, um, Chem,
0: chemtrails,
2: chemtrails, that the chemical warfare that has been thrust upon us in all the uh, you know, an un, um, unimaginable amount of, of chemical pollutants that have been, you know, thrown into our atmosphere, you know, since the early 1940s, the advent of the industrial revolution, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. That we we have been we have been born into an aberrant situation that somehow, by the grace of God and somehow how this this miracle of a body, this technology that none of us even really have a true understanding of beyond just basic anatomy and physiology and and you know all the things that we're learning the microbiome and all that that's still a very rudimentary understanding of like how has this body actually been able to not only survive but in many cases thrive through the onslaught and the pressure of a junk food upbringing of a processed food upbringing of of, you know everything that that's been um, pressurized upon us somehow We've been able to, to take that pressure and many of us have been able to kind of turn lead into gold. And for some other people, it's been maybe a different story. And so we're all making our way through this, this aberrant, abstract uh, uh, reality, if you will. And now we're at a place where like all secrets are being revealed. Mm. And thank goodness, it's about time.
0: We've definitely been socially engineered. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, it's time to become self-reliant. I did an episode some time ago on becoming more self-sufficient. I had Curtis Stone on here and, you know, creating market gardens and homesteads. and, And he said something very revealing that it's a time where some people are going this way the 5g way the technological way and other people are going the so-called 5d way Mm, they're mm -hmm. they're they're getting into their sovereign side they're they're getting away from the city they're creating a homestead you know let's collect rainwater let's make the garden let's let's get the solar going and Mm -hmm. and let's free ourselves from the attachment of society Mm
2: -hmm. do you see that as well I mean 100% well put. I mean that's 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 in a nutshell, right? Like yeah, definitely we we have been socialized through social conditioning, subtle forms of MK ultra mind control and through mm. the media subliminal messages. The, again, the 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 narrativizing of our reality, there's been a narrator narrating our personal reality and we've been homogenized in this uh collective soup, uh, this homogenized collective soup and um we, we, you know, it's, it's very, it's nothing short of, of, you know, uh, factory farming for humans. Maybe it's, it's grass fed, um, for some and, and you know, wild, you know, like ranging, you know, wild ranging and, and yeah. that kind of thing. It's that kind of model. And so there, there's definitely been a human farming operation and that the trickle down effect of that is what we see through the subsets of the agricultural system that whether it's animal agriculture, it's plant agriculture, just in that tip, you know, there, there's, Interesting challenges and, and pros and cons with both, and depending on how you go, it's really just depending on where your consciousness is at and what's fueling, um, what's fueling it, you know. Um, but that that that's a you know we can go a lot of different directions with that, but yeah, ultimately to to you know to your point, yes, um, there there again, there's a mass exodus, and there's a from the the plug in drug, mm. right, and the people are unplugging. And in really in this like in between limbo state of like whatever whatever was our reality, whatever was our life, whatever was our particular paradigmical belief systems, our paradigms, those have all been shattered on the riverbanks of reality. And I think for a lot a lot of people, there's there's different kind of uh, different kind of um, I guess categories where a lot of people are at. I, I would just say. There's people that are forerunning on the front lines that have 2020 vision mm. and have been in preparation through their own awakening, through their own, um, you know, taking their power back over just their bodies. That, that's, that's sovereignty 101. We have to start with our bodies. We have to start with the purification of our temple and rebuilding this body. And, um, and then everything kind of follows from there. Um, so for, for a lot of us that have been on that tip for a long time, I think we've been very well equipped to handle the brunt of the, co- the, the cosmic calamity of like current circumstances. But what I will say is that what I believe, and this is based on a, a significant amount of intel information, cross-referencing information, relentlessly decoding for the last, uh, where are we was it September first, right now September second, yeah. of just yeah, third, whatever it is. Um, so like since January, I'd say I've just been kind of like, um, just relentlessly trying to decode this whole thing, and um, it's it's now it's now revealed itself to me in a in in kind of a um, like again like a conclusion like a a, a story seeking conclusion, and the story is the story of us, the story of humanity, the story of how we got here and so once we actually go back through historical references and we realize that history was history happened one way but it was told another Mm. right history happened one way but we we were sold a whole laundry list of stories and little cliff notes about pretty significant things that have taken place in the transition points of our our you know our ancestry which by the way epigenetically has a direct effect on us now Mm. um and and that that in of itself is just a profound discovery but we are we are literally at the epoch point this is the time that we've all been waiting for Mm. right i don't see this as a crisis or even a crisis of consciousness if i were to say this is a crisis of anything it's a crisis of perspective Right. A lot of people just they, they don't have perspective. They can't wrap their head around kind of the bigger picture. And and I get that. Um, but it should be obvious enough that what once was no longer will be. And that's not necessarily mm-hmm. a bad thing, mm-hmm. because I think a lot of us, I'm sure you can you can comment on this. We've been waiting for something to shift. Mm-hmm right because we knew this thing just wasn't sustainable
0: we thought it was going to happen like, in 2012
2: yeah yeah exactly and i feel i feel like if you if if we reworked the mathematics on all that and and maybe if terrence mckenna was still here he would have reworked his his uh you know his theories on 2012 and and um you know, I, I feel like what we, what a lot of people were anticipation about with 2012 is actually happening now. And I think the the mathematics got it off about eight years to the actual physical, tangible event horizon that now we are, we're, you know, we're full on into.
0: And there's so many people out there who literally think think that things are going to go back to normal in a few months or when a vaccine comes out or whatever. Yeah. And they haven't fully, they don't have the understanding or the acceptance to understand that life is over as we know it.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and
0: how are they going to deal with that new normal when it kick? The new normal hasn't even kicked in yet.
2: Right. Yeah. How, how are
0: they going to mentally handle that come, let's just say 2021, 2022, somewhere in there?
2: Yeah, that man, what a, yeah, you're just, you're just, you're just, uh, you're not pulling any punches here. So this is great. I mean, I've given this considerable thought. In fact, this is the primary kind of focus of my mind is really what comes after this? What comes after between now and November? Because be reassured, like everything that's happening is leading up to November. Um, and that that's not a political statement, by the way. This is people that think this has anything to do with politics are are caught up deep in the theatrical production. Like that whole thing is so scripted, and I'm not saying it's necessarily even a malevolent script. All I'm saying is that <clears throat> it's a script. It's literally like a show. It's like a movie reel.
0: I, my favorite metaphor is it's professional
2: wrestling. D- dude that that's come up a number of times lately, and especially. You know, I mean, you know, we can go all over the place with this, but that that really is like, and that's the perspective thing, right? Like when you have a perspective, it it, it, it helps organize all the information and put it into place. And this is why when we get caught up on the internet and reading online articles and, and kind of this fragmented bits and pieces of information with or without context or deeper understanding on um, the, the way that the human mind has been conditioned is in this binary kind of impulse response reaction kind of um, uh, kind of condition, and it 's very left brain dominant there's not a lot of uh, right brain activation or right brain hemisphere balance, and, and we need that right now more than ever because that 's what's going to allow us to create the innovation to serve in what I believe is going to be the rehabilitation of humanity that that's what I really feel more than anything that this is what we're moving towards um and that that's a beautiful thing and it's also this acknowledgement that yes um what what's what's happening and what's on the other end of this and when I say under this I'm, I'm really speaking very short timeline here I'm not talking about a year from now or two years I'm talking about the next month to two months and then following November, um, all I can say, based on my knowledge and my piecing together of things, is that the, the, the dominoes are, the dominoes have been falling extremely quick. Um, but it's going to be, it's going to be unavoidably obvious to the public. And that's really what the, the theatrical show is actually all about. It's a slow controlled demolition of culture, is the best way of saying it, a slow demolition a dissolving of the holographic projection of of celebrity icons, um, you know, uh, just the whole the whole the whole bit. I mean, you, you know it. We we can see it. It's not. It's. I don't even necessarily need to explain. I'm happy to go deeper into it. But just just I think everyone knows what I mean, especially when listening to this. You, you've seen it. Like the you've seen the disillusion of Hollywood. You've seen the disillusion of, of you know, um, celebrity culture and the inversion of logic, the inversion, the inverted symbolism, the inverted um, morality, um, or lack thereof, altogether. Um, it's just being completely put in our face. And it's being put in our face so we have the opportunity to wake up. That's this is funny. all about us waking up, so, seizing our power. It's like and, a
0: device. So that device... Yeah catalyst
2: that's right yeah absolutely
0: not too long ago i saw you you put out a video i believe on your instagram where you were doing um sort of a a shaking dance some people would call it a kundalini Mm. dance and you were getting rid of certain energies what what were you doing there can you describe that
2: yeah so um what what that's called is neurogenic tremoring so in nature, the mammalian nervous system is designed to discharge um, uh, a chemical, uh, chemical cascade of, of stress. So whenever, we, whenever an animal, for example, is under the threat of being attacked or being hunted, if it gets away... Then it takes about 30 minutes or 30 minutes, 30 seconds, or a little bit longer, completely just convulsively sh- shaking out. Mm. And what's happening is the nervous system is discharging all that influx of stress chemicals, all that cortisol, that adrenaline, um, all that and it's discharging it immediately, right? So it doesn't, it doesn't store itself into the musculature and the neuromusculature of the body and, and build up, right? Animals have this innate instinct, and we have this same design. In fact, ours is far more sophisticated. Um, however, it takes conscious effort for us. It's not necessarily just instinctual, although I think we, we have the instinct to do these things, but we have to retrain and reteach ourselves how to be human, Mm. Uh, and so that's what that really is. It's, it's just really just, it's shaking out the body, and mm-hmm. you know, letting, letting the, the, the circuitry and the circulatory system just open up. Right. Just move the energy. And that, it's just really like, that. that's really like energetic hygiene. All that, mm-hmm. all the, the energy that builds up in the system and creates kind of this stagnation and this, um, you know, sore, soreness and all yeah. that stuff.
0: Well, when I first saw it, the first thing I thought of was Osho the Bhagwan, man. He created a meditation back in the 70s, maybe even the 60s, called dynamic meditation. And he had people do things like that, plus jumping up and down and dancing. Mm -hmm. And after they spent time doing that, then he had them lay down and go into a silent meditation. Yes. Back then, people didn't know what was happening, and they accused him of, like, devil worship and all that. Now, if somebody came along and saw you doing that, <laughs> people are going to be like, what's wrong with this dude? Yeah. I've also seen you doing cold therapy
1: mm-hmm. in an
0: ice bath. Yeah. And of course, you have to do breath work to really handle that. Of course, mm-hmm. this was kind of made famous in the modern era by Wim Hof. I've experimented with it just a little bit. It looks like you really, no pun intended, really dove into it. So tell me about cold therapy and what it, how it helps you.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, look, cold therapy is, is, is the ultimate therapeutic um, tool that we have. I mean, Wim Hof says that cold is his teacher. Cold is his spiritual guru. And what's interesting about the cold is that <clears throat> like cold water concentrates energy, Right. So when you freeze water or it gets really, it gets to that really, really cold point the, 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 the water molecules, they, they bond together really tight. And so it concentrates that energy together. And you notice if you go into a cold shower or you jump into a cold river or an ice bath, immediately what happens, like all that energy, it just, it all just contracts together. And 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 he forces you to go into this breathing rhythm, and then, you, and then you you start working within. All of a sudden, you have a tremendous amount of stored bioelectric energy. You have real energy, and it's almost immediate. And if you had a fog, you had some kind of a hangover, or you you're just kind of you had this kind of foggy energy hanging over you. Um, it helps discharge that and and push that push that away. And that's where the clarity, the mental clarity that comes on, it just wakes us up, right? Mm. But the interesting thing about hot water, which we've all been conditioned to take hot showers and, and you know, slowly kill ourselves through comfort, the hot water disassociates those bonds and they start to move out, right? Um, uh, The same thing when you heat up fat molecules, they, they they disentangle and start to spread out and expand. Um, then energy starts to expand and become disorganized. So the cold helps to organize the energy. It structures the energy. In other words, just like all all spring water that comes out of the aquifer, it comes out of the spring, it comes out cold. And the colder the water is, the more structured the water is, and chances are it has the most diversity of you know, biological life, you know, beneficial bacteria in it, um, and all those kind of things. So it's it's kind of an interesting, it's a kind of interesting way to think about it. So if you want to experience more energy and you want to structure your body mm-hmm. um and or have this self-organizing machine called your body, it knows what to do. You just have to give it the right conditions, the right environment. the right dose of whatever the medicine is in this case cold is is the ultimate medicine for your for your entire body for your for your mind as well
0: yeah not only that but i would like to add also that hot water opens up your pores yes and if we're if we're bathing in tap water which is pretty much what we do that's our choice i mean that's our that's what we're given whatever's in that tap water is going into our bloodstream i ran into a gentleman at a At an ashram once and he carried with him a berkey a berkey water filter the mini one he brought it with him wherever he went Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and he set it up and he did his water and i was like yeah but what about the what about your showers man he was like i just take cold showers (laughs) he's like nothing's going in my bloodstream
2: yeah
0: and so I thought that was interesting. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and that's a great point. That's that's a very good point for people to understand. Yeah, when you when you take hot showers, it opens up the pores, it opens up the circulation vents, and um, and just so people know, tap water and the water running through your piping system is most likely um, it's most likely encoded and codified so many different known particulates, chemicals. Um, pharmaceutical runoff, homeopathic doses of pharmaceutical runoff, um, just the the recycling of the municipal water supply. Like, so I'd really just advise people: you really got to get filters. You really got to get shower filters. Yeah. Um, you know, and and otherwise you become the filter, right? If you don't, if you don't filter your water, you become the filter yourself, and then your body has yeah. to filter through all that stuff Mm. and uh that's just that's not that's not fun that's not the best ever right
0: that's a great point Mm. are you taking cold showers every day is that part of your
2: yeah well i'm at the point where like hot showers are uncomfortable to me wow they're just they feel uncomfortable it doesn't feel good unless it's like a super hot day or something but even now i notice like i just i do a lot of uh jumping in the, the river and uh like almost every day um you know, cold showers, uh, pretty much, yeah, like for the most part, cold showers, because my, my body's internal thermostat, it, it's regulated itself at this point. So, so, when you do this kind of thing, you, you have to kind of, you have to, uh, you can easily shock your system, which is not a bad thing, um, that, that creates something called hormetic stress response, which is, um, you know, hormesis, it's, it's a process where your body receives certain amounts of stress in different ways. And your body becomes stronger because of it. it becomes more resilient it becomes more adaptogenic mm. uh, and that's in that we need that we become too comfortable where our immune system is literally been lulled to sleep you know and so you know what we see right now with with all the malarkey going on with this so-called pandemic and all the numbers and they keep changing the goalpost keeps changing everything mm-hmm. one thing that's clear is that it really all comes down to your immune system and your immune system is is it has an innate system and it has an adaptive system. and your adaptive system is the backup immune system that that kicks on when the frontline uh, leukocytes, the white blood cells get overwhelmed, and then you have this backup supply um, that comes in and then just and takes over. Well, a lot of people, they don't have that adaptive system um kicking on very well because they're not they, they haven't been able they haven't adapted very well they've, they've literally been maladapted to stress trauma doubt worry processed food toxic relationships yeah. uh, negative uh, thought spirals and all that has an effect on our immunological health so when we when we see these things um you know these these different claims or numbers or whatever um we've got to remember that there's multiple factors going on here and this has nothing to do with a virus you know that's a whole that's a whole you know that's a whole tirade in of itself Mm. this has to do with empowering your immune system first and foremost um -hmm.
0: yeah you know you and i have been running parallel for a while Mm. i i think we both got into the holistic health business around the same time around 2010 2011 exactly I've always uh, appreciated your due diligence. You're clearly a researcher, Mm -hmm. a hardcore researcher. You do your homework, and then you present that homework to whoever wants to listen. Uh, Mm -hmm. You've written four books. You've gone at this pretty hardcore over the last 10 or so years. How have you been able to handle the holistic health business let's mm. talk the business side is a whole other animal totally how has that given you advantages and disadvantages what are the pros and cons that you've dealt with over the last 10 years or so when you have this understanding and this knowledge and you want to help people but at the same time you have you have to run a business yeah. Because there's this thing called electricity. You got to keep the lights on. You got to pay the bills. And and there's this tug of war going on because it's not a regular job.
2: No, it's it's not. And definitely not in uh, this year, like anything other than, than ordinary procedures at all. Um, you know, over the last 10 years, it's definitely been a, a full-on journey. And the entrepreneurial journey didn't really start until, I'd say like, Really, like six years ago is when I really started to adopt more of an entrepreneur mindset. Before then, I was just writing my books. I was I was touring around, speaking. Um, I would dabble in different things like that, but I I didn't really like have an entrepreneurial identity. It was more like kind of the the original David Wolf model, and just kind of running around, speaking, and writing books, and and um, and promoting the message, and and um, really just doing, doing that anywhere I could. And then eventually I realized that I needed to, I needed to like really like get structured and organized. I really needed to get this money thing figured out. Mm. And this, this, how do I, how do I create a legitimate business an online business, a coaching practice? How do I start putting together online courses? How do I take my books and translate that into <laughs> like a video course Yep. And um, and then start yep. to start to be able to create an online business that can allow me the freedom to take care of myself, live the lifestyle that I want, have a certain amount of abundance at any given time, but certainly to take care of all the basics and get myself going. And, and it's been a wild ride. <clears throat> it's been a wild ride in that. Yeah. Department. I, I certainly have not cracked the code um, per se, I, I, I'm definitely at that place now where I feel like everything is finally coming together. Um, but over this last, you know, little less than a decade, um, it's just been a fly of fly of the pants kind of thing. It's just been like learning as I go, making mistakes, fumbling forward, um, you know, a lot of like getting out of my comfort zone and a lot of like reaching out to people and, and engaging with people, having conversations, getting on the phone with people, yeah. talking to people. Um, you know and that's really the key to success um, you know and that's that's the thing we all have to get really comfortable with again especially people that have become very um, adapted to social media and, and internet communication and even people that have been you know crushing it in internet marketing and stuff we have to get we have to actually adapt back to connecting with real people and developing relationships um, because that's that's really. Where the transference of of wealth or the transference of of financial abundances, the exchange of, of goods and services and the exchange for resources, it, it happens through a conversation. That's right. It happens through some kind of exchange between two people. Right. And um and especially now, what I what I've also been tracking is through this whole process of this unearthing of everything in our world. And I think the, the, the emerging model of, of conscious entrepreneurship, um, not to say that the, the prior models like business models aren't going to be there. I think it's going to be a different consciousness model. It's going to be a different servant, like a servant leader type of model mm-hmm. where it's all about service. It's all about not just providing value, but truly serving, whatever that means. And, and ultimately serving means I'm helping people. I'm helping animals, I'm helping children, I'm helping the ecosystem, I'm helping whatever. It's, it's all about helping, mm. uh, putting that at the forefront. And, um, and then, you know, whatever, whatever, the, whatever the thing is, the, the, the business, that, that comes as an effect, as a byproduct of, of front-loading service right. and going out there and really being about helping people Um, that, that's, that, that's, that's what I see us moving into.
0: Yeah. You know, I brought, I brought this topic up because I went through it and, you know, I, I went hardcore with the marketing and everything. And I, you know, I was working with sick people.
1: Mm -hmm. I was
0: working with people with chronic illnesses and it was heavy stuff. And then on top of it, I'm like, well, how do I expand? And it's this whole rabbit hole of, you know, funnels and social media ads. And, and man, I burnt myself out, totally burnt myself out in 2018. It culminated into a let go, an awakening. <laughs> and I became the inner peace guy because that's what happened to me. I hardly ever talk about diet and nutrition anymore. It's, yeah. it's been almost eliminated out of my mm. vocabulary because I saw, I saw you walking the same path I mean, I don't know what you were feeling obviously, but yeah. uh, I saw it and you, us being around the same age, you know, I was like, yeah, man. Like I remember when you came out with your mastery program
1: mm. Mm.
0: and I was like, that's a lot of work. I was like, "That's a, that dude's doing a lot of work, and a lot of work doesn't always lead to a lot of money."
2: That that is that is definitely true. <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely true.
0: And sometimes um, we can we get into a state of, you know, I'm gonna bang this out, and you know, we put in so much work, and then the results aren't there like we want them to be, and we can become very disappointed in that. And, you know, our ego is triggered and I see a lot of people going through this. I also used to um, teach up and coming people in the health field uh, through the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. They hired me to be a a teacher. Uh, This is back in the day and I would see people come in so spunky, so excited, man. And then you saw the word health coach everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. The the health coach title has been demolished. Mm-hmm. It it doesn't mean what it did. And I see these people go into the business and it doesn't work out. And we saw this with a mutual friend of ours, Layla. Layla Salvade, who was on this podcast. <laughs> she was a student of mine at IIN. And you know, we didn't even know we were running similar spiritual paths behind the scenes. She was going to a Zen monastery when I was getting into some Zen stuff, and and boom, she had awakenings. And and you know, she, you know, health and nutrition is a thing of the past for her. She's teaching people how to awaken their heart. Yeah, I you you could have never told me I'd be doing an inner peace podcast and talking about the spiritual stuff. You know, five years ago, never mind, ten years ago. I thought I was gonna be talking about vitamins and minerals.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so I see I see a pattern of people coming in. And you know, perhaps when we're old and gray in another twenty years,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, we're gonna be talking about something completely different.
2: Well, I can definitely guarantee that we will be talking about something completely different because the relevancy of our times is forcing a new narrative to emerge. So we're we're letting go of a lot of these trivial type of things. And not to say in in the nutrition and diet aspect is is anything other than trivial, but it's kind of like once you've mastered that dimension and, and you've you've made your way through that entire like minefield. You you kind of just develop a competency that uh, there's universal principles, right? Like health has universal principles, and then you can you can sophisticate it as much as you want. But what I've found is that ultimately simplifying things is is ultimately the the road towards truth. It's simple. It's tried and true. It's universal truth. And, um, you know, there's different body types and different metabolisms and different microbiome dispositions and different things like that. But that that's that doesn't take away from the, the principles themselves. It just means some people might need different specifications, different types of dietary approaches um, and that kind of thing. And I think for me, that had always been a perspective that I had adopted very early on was that there's no one size fits all for anybody. And there's so many different phases and cycles, even mm-hmm. you know, hormonal cycles that we go through, um, you know, in, in the, the the you know the, the chronological process of, of, I don't like to say aging anymore. And I think, um, you know, the number one cause of death is aging mm-hmm. and that, that's actually, that's more so like a biological fact. It's, it's so, this whole thing on like aging is a bit of a program in of itself maybe different topic for different day to get deep into, but, um, you know, but it's, it's really about the principles really about like life force. How do I, how do I cultivate more life force within me? How do I steward my energy? How do I manage my energy? If I want more time and I'm trying to manage time, then I'm going to age myself quickly because I'm stuck in this, this time space continuum. I'm stuck in this, this, this obsession with time and that actually time actually compresses upon us. The more we focus on it and we lose time and we lose quality of time. Um, and it goes very quickly and that's how that, and that's how, you know, our biological clock gets hijacked, you know, yeah. through this session of time and counting and measuring and managing really what we need to do is just manage our energy. Cause if we manage our energy, then we will be more effective with the time that we have at any given moment. Um, and that's been a huge lesson for me in the last couple of years, and especially in the last couple of months, is that uh, the, all of this has forced me to be very present. Mm. You know, like I have a lot of goals and stuff. It's like, I mean, mm, like for a good four months, I had no goals. Mm. I mean, I think that I'm doing and I'm working on, but like not with any serious like motivational force to like, get a goal a month or two months or three months. I'm just tracking the, the, the unfolding of events mm-hmm. moment by moment, multiple times a day, every day, week by week, month by month. And and, and and tracking the, the conclusion point of this particular iteration that we've all been living through and preparing for the, the transition into what will be.
0: Something you just said, though, that stood out to me was that you said you didn't have any goals for four months explain
2: um well my buddy david wolf really said it best when he said i've just gotten out of believing things and gotten into entertaining possibilities and so for me it's it's not it's not so much any more of like projecting a definite outcome or 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 specific goal um you know traditional goal setting you know, just having having a goal and having a timeline and like mapping it out and reverse engineering it all that, that I found has become a lot harder to track because things are are moving so quickly, and um, I'm I'm unavoidably affected because I'm an, I'm, I'm an empath, so I, I feel I'm kind of a transmuter for for you know everything going on. That's why I am such a researcher, and that's why I am so obsessed with decoding things. So I can I can kind of reorganize what I'm feeling or what I'm intuiting, what I'm seeing, and then turn it into something that actually seems to make sense. And um, that that's really been my job. And so that's a full time thing in of itself. And that's taken priority over any like oh well I got this business goal I want to make so and so amount of money. And and yeah I'm I'm happy with all that. I've just gotten to a place where I realize my priorities are not about that. My priorities are, you know, protection of women, children, um, you know, sentient beings, um, and, 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 and bringing God back into the conversation, quite frankly, uh, Mm. because I just see we we're, we're at the crossroads right now. So, I mean, that's, that's just really, that's really where I'm at with it right now. Um, I see that changing, but, but the goals, the goal thing is letting go of, it's not that I don't set objectives or have to do lists. It's just that, um, I'm very clear that this is a moment by moment by moment um, unfolding. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I'm just like anybody feeling my way through it. And I'm taking what I receive, what presents itself to me um, moment by moment. And then I go with that. I go with the energy, in other words. I'm going where the energy takes me, where the, the, the hyperflow of synchronicity takes me. That's where I'm going. And if that leads to a financial breakthrough, which sometimes it does or a business advancement um, or something with one of my projects, then great, but I'm not forcing it. i'm I right. am not forcing anything anymore right that, that's really that's really where I'm at with that.
0: Goal is a key thing because you're or were a goal oriented individual you absolutely. have to be mm-hmm. because you were going after you were looking to be an Olympic athlete, weren't you?
2: That's right. That's absolutely right, yeah.
0: So you're competitive.
2: Very competitive, but I, I, I'd say like more than just competitive, just driven to excel. Okay? Like personal really,
0: development, you want to make yourself better.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and the thing about that too, when I, was, when I was pursuing that particular timeline in my life, um, it wasn't so much that I was even setting goals, I was just fully immersed in the experience of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you could say, yeah, like the goal was to go to the Olympics, but that was more like that was a vision. That's a and that's a different thing here, like goals and vision. It's like I was pulled by a vision, right. and so maybe there's like milestone goals that are like they're they're the, the carrot.
0: It's the carrot. The, per- it's the carrot.
2: Carrot. yeah, it's like it's like this like it's like this this um reward for for the work well done, mm. but it really wasn't about a goal. I'm just these things are happening along the way. And that's the same thing when I got into the health world and I, I, I decided that I was going to be an author. It was like, well, then I just do what an author does. I just write. It was like, I'm a high performance athlete, a martial artist. It's not this whole thing. It's like, I just, that's just what I do. Like, that's just, you know, it's like, you know what I mean? It's like the the identity was so anchored in and it was reinforced through the repetition of my behavior that Mm -hmm. reflected the identity. Um, <clears throat> I don't really have to question it. I'm just, this is what I do. This is who I am. It's it's not a big deal, and and mm-hmm. um, that tends to produce immediate results.
0: Let's let's talk about let's go back to you being a martial artist. Uh, I read that you started when you were four, mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: and you were influenced by none other than Bruce Lee.
2: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Okay. Very first influence in my life, actually.
0: Yeah. What was your connection to him? What, what was it about him?
2: So my first, my first conscious memory was of Enter the Dragon. I mm-hmm. can't remember where, where it was or what it was, but I just remember having uh, the scenes in that movie imprinted into my consciousness. And that's the first memory I, I can remember. And so it, it just kind of like left a, it left a mark. It planted a seed um, and it, it uh, imprinted me. For rest of my life, and so Bruce Lee, I feel like there's a there's a lot I can say about him, but he was just larger than life, you know. Even when he, obviously, when I when I came across him, he was he was you know he had passed away in 1973, and so that was uh, you know that so it was about like 10 12 years 1985, so about 12 years um, later, and it felt like I could feel his presence. I could feel his presence through his his. His, his movies and through his dynamicism and his um, charisma and everything, like there was just kind of this, 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 this energy there that I tuned into. Mm. And I think that was the biggest thing in the beginning. I just, I just tuned into the energy. Eventually, as I got older, I studied more of his philosophy and, and I could comprehend and understand the story and everything. And I got really deep into the, the stories and biographies of historical people. Especially in that particular timeline, you know, whether it was Malcolm X or Martin Luther King or Bruce Lee or um, Muhammad Ali, um, I really became interested in the stories, in the life stories of of many different characters, and I think I used that as some kind of some kind of developmental tool. I didn't have a father in my life, so Mm. so I think that that void, that archetypal void, was filled by these these external role models that kind of showed me and role modeled me on a particular, a particular vision. Mm. And that vision just came alive for me. And uh, at some point in my, my, my mid teens, I really took it seriously. And then from there it was just, I just transferred all that, that discipline and that, that structure that Bruce Lee had with all of his workouts Mm. and mapping out all of his workouts every day and tracking his progress and all of his exercises and the amount of reps and, and all that. And I, I, I adopted that, and then I just transferred it over to what I was doing. And so I I, I got that discipline. I got that that kind of systematic approach mm-hmm. to daily, um, you know, daily uh, 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 progress.
0: Studying Bruce Lee. Did that? Did that serve as a catalyst to bring you to more Eastern? religious, and mystical traditions?
2: Absolutely, yeah. I I think I was definitely exposed to the Eastern philosophy um, very, very early on in meditation and and especially as a a consequence of doing traditional martial arts and being around traditional martial arts masters and and being around the Asian culture, whether it was the, the Korean Taekwondo culture, it was the Japanese samurai Bushido Karate culture, it was... Um, it was, you know, Wushu, uh, Wu Wing Chun, that that I kind of just got really, really deep into just taking in everything I could about martial arts, um, mm-hmm. because it was my obsession, it was my passion. Um, so there's a lot of indirect and direct kind of influences in my mindset and, and how I became aware of know eastern philosophy and and then eventually more so the mysticism aspect that came along a little bit later Mm. um, more so in the last like five to ten years really really strongly but it it just piggybacked everything else it just it just kind of came through as a next level understanding of what this what these philosophies were really about what what um the monks were able to do Mm. all the incredible feats they're able to do and the the way they're able to control their their mind to control their body and literally melt ice just through thought alone and create you know heat attention Uh, yeah yeah
0: attention intention powerful stuff
1: Mm -hmm.
0: the jedi are real as i like to say
1: absolutely
0: (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) there's so much more i want to talk about but we we're running out of time i want to end with this how would you describe Bruce Lee's famous mm. statement? Just be water.
2: Just be water. It, it can crash, it can flow, be water, my friend. And really so so water, you know, and again, like I mean, just talking about water in of itself is is one of my greatest passions and have been for you know all these years. And it's it's the most profound exploration into any aspect of like health and you know, hydration alone is just unbelievably fascinating and, and deep and, and uh, dug down rich. Um, but, you know, water, water reflects this, this adaptability. By the way, w- well, let me just say this about water. Water is the most ennobled substance in the world. And what I mean by that is that it, it, water is how spirit, the starting point, the source code origin point of how spirit manifests into the world is through water. Mm -hmm. right hydrological cycle and then that that becoming spring water eventually and that sprint and that's why spring water has been such a passion for me because it's encoded with the consciousness and the information of that particular ecosystem
1: Mm
2: -hmm. um, out of that underground aquifer um and and that has very very deep meaning and and so the you know so what Bruce Lee is saying is is not is not um surface level but the but the but the basic of it is like you gotta be adaptable. You gotta be able to flow. You cannot be rigid and that mm-hmm. and, and, and so what this is interesting too getting into the diet culture um Bruce Lee's philosophy influenced me hugely because I became aware that the diet culture is so riddled with with just aberrant belief systems and just complete nonsense that you know people are just running around, you know, proposing this diet and this time and getting into these debacles and arguments and fighting against each other. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa! What is this? What is going on? Mm-hmm. This has nothing to do with health. Um, it's really just like these are just experiments at best. But I saw that stand, that that ri- that religiosity rigid. Mm. Kind of attitude play out in the diet world, and I just took this perspective of like actually, we need to drop diets forever, we need to get onto the live it and mm. start living it and get off diets altogether because diets are killing us, and we need to get off that. And that was really Bruce Lee's whole thing is like, I'm gonna break down the fixed, rigid patterns of classical martial arts and the mess, and the ineffective, and the sloppiness or just, just the fancy movements that, and routines that lead nowhere,
1: mm-hmm.
2: right? And he was just like, break down all the non-essentials and what remains is what is true. And, that, and, that's, and that's really actually been my journey in the whole health world, is just, 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 just like going through everything, breaking it all down, and then 10 years later, um, just seeing what's left over and be like, okay, that, then that, that's, that's what's true
0: hmm be water my friend thanks for coming on the podcast ronnie i appreciate it
2: absolutely thank you for having me on
0: (laughs) ronnie's one of those people you want to keep your eye on for many years to come because he will evolve and do more research and more decoding and uh, he'll have findings for you (laughs) as for me of course you can find my meditation album on spotify apple I'm also in the process of launching a Patreon page so that this podcast can be supported and I can provide you with exclusive content. If you're looking for more of my work, go to DrReese.com. That's Dr. spelled out. And I'll talk to you on the next episode.
2: Thanks for listening to Inner Peace with Dr. Reese. If this episode opened your heart, feel free to share on social media and tell your loved ones. Also, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode.
1: Until next time, may peace be with you.